0: This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Kirkston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm
1: Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Whitney Pittman as well. As expected, USDA lowered Brazilian soybean production in its report Friday to 161 million metric tons. That's down 2 million tons from last month. USDA chief economist Seth Meyer advises farmers to look at the big picture. While we cut the outcrop by 2 million metric tons because of the current dryness, it's still an increase from the previous year, and it's still estimated to be a record large crop at this point.
2: Friday's USDA supply-demand report did not show Brazil's final soybean production numbers changing all that much. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says there were some changes in how USDA got those numbers.
0: A little surprising, the government did take Brazil's last year's crop up 2 million metric tons, last year's crop. But then they cut this year's crop uh, that's uh, going in the ground by 2 million, so a zero-sum game. Um, they did also a little surprising, but maybe not they ex- uh brazil's corn exports to a two point two five billion so that 's over ours that is just over two billion so um two point one billion actually the u s one so um balance table on wheat continues to tighten on the soft red wheat uh exports going up but um so the report kind of a non event
2: but, Rose, says the soft red wheat exports were somewhat of a surprise.
0: The soft red winter wheat exports are the first time on record higher than the hard red winter wheat. So, And that's due to uh, China continuing to buy soft red wheat underneath the market. So um, we'll see. But that uh, wheat market seems to have a little better footing here going forward, trying to break out on these rounded bottom charts, too.
1: Rebuilding the U.S. beef cow herd may take some time, Red River Farm Network Farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: Cattle numbers remain low in the U.S. NDSU Extension livestock economist Tim Petrie. Any herd rebuild is going to be a long process. You know, the fact of the matter is, we don't, our uh, red heifers that we put on this summer, the number were really low. So, no rebuilding there and so the rebuilding is going to have to come from this fall's calf crop of heifer calves which you know i'm sure that you know where at least where we've got moisture they're going to be keeping more of them but on the other hand if the moisture continues we breed them this summer and they don't have a calf to the next year some pockets of the country are still seeing issues with drought thirty seven percent of the beef herd is still in drought uh... Thank goodness, not as much around here as dry in northern North Dakota, but western North Dakota is very good, and South Dakota and so on, but down uh, even Texas and Oklahoma have gotten some rain now, but you go further east up into the Appalachians and over into Arkansas and so on, there are dry pockets there. So uh, there's interest in herd rebuilding, it's just that we don't have the mechanism to do that yet, and so we'll have to see you know by spring how it is and how many of these heifer calves do get bred so it's a slow slow process reporting agriculture's business i'm whitney pittman on the red river farm network
2: rather than being on the defense agriculture secretary tom vilsack said the ag and food industry has been able to flip the script at the united nations climate change conference in dubai Vilsack highlighted the voluntary market-based initiatives within agriculture to address climate change and world hunger.
1: The Russian-Ukraine war initially disrupted trade flows. Risk remains in that region, but CHS Executive Vice President John Griffith is seeing a more normalized situation today.
2: Israeli-Gaza war um, with Hamas is, is also creating some risk and disruption. Suez Canal transits and Red Sea transits are, are more risky and, and can get disrupted in some of the flows as well and, and lingering in the background geopolitically of course is uh, China and Taiwan you know con- continue to you know have some some possible uh, disruptions that people are, are worried about as well. The
1: global uncertainty keeps the markets on edge.
2: It has uh, you know not uh, debilitated the system um, but it's, it's certainly made us uh, much more aware of the risk management that has to take place around the world in, this, uh, in the grain trade. The Federal Open Market Committee scheduled to meet tomorrow and Wednesday to discuss the economy. Most analysts expect the Fed to leave interest rates unchanged, but there may be additional insight offered into the monetary policy for the upcoming year. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm
1: News on the Red River Farm Network. Congress is facing a January 19th timeline to address four major appropriation bills, including agriculture. The remaining eight spending bills expire February 2nd. There's just nine days on the legislative calendar before that first deadline. Will Stafford, who is in the CHS Government Affairs Office in Washington, D.C., says this is not a new phenomenon
4: been a long time since they've been doing things through, uh, through what we call regular order in the appropriations process. But I also do think it's encouraging that um, there seems to be a lot of momentum on both sides of the aisle to get back to what that process looked like um, and do standalone appropriations bills for different topics like an ag appropriations bill rather than these, uh, these large-scale funding items that are kind of
1: negotiated at the highest level. Margins are razor thin in both chambers of Congress. I got tighter with high-profile retirement announcements this past week. It
4: really does mean, especially since we still do have a, um, you know, you do do still need 60 votes in the Senate um, to get legislation across the finish line. Um, Big picture items like the farm bill have to be bipartisan. Um, So folks are going to have to come to the table and and figure out a way to hammer out the differences um, because we're not in an environment right now where one party is just able to push things through on their own.
2: Rugby livestock owner Clay Matson says futures uh, futures have played a role in cattle prices as they come through the sale
5: barn. At this point, it's it's not playing as big a role on the cash price at the local markets as much as people think. Um, it's definitely playing a role, but it's it's not as as bad. As, you know. We're looking at probably in that 60 to 70 cent range on the futures in the last two and a half months that we've lost we've probably lost about in that you know 20 to 30 cent range in the cash price
2: and mattson says more producers chose not to wean calves this fall
5: this year was a little bit a little bit different um than we've seen in the past we had such really nice weather we got that early october snow and so a lot of the feedlots were were kind of a mess um Nothing was freezing up. So because of that, a lot of people actually came to town earlier than normal. Um, They just sold right off the cow. They just said, we don't want to deal with the mess, the the slop, the the mud. So they just sold right off the cow. Um, Some of the people that were able to wean um, did, and and they plan on keeping them for a little longer. We have seen some wean calves, but for the most part, it's been right off the cow. There are a
1: variety of crop mixes utilized as cover crops. University of Minnesota extension educator Liz Stahl says cereal rye has worked well.
4: In Minnesota you know it establishes pretty uh, pretty easily compared to other cover crops readily available typically not that expensive either. Um, we usually can you know count on that to overwinter for us as well can be easier to, to terminate than some other cover crops too in the spring, so that's kind of been our
1: go-to cover crop. Speaking at Friday's Soil Management Summit, she said cereal rye has many advantages, including the ability to reduce weed pressure and adding biomass to the soil.
4: You know, if you're gonna start on cover crops, I encourage people to just hit, you know, hit that easy button, you know, do that kind of a, this is an easier entry cover crop and, uh, you know, that that's one that you're Sending yourself up hopefully for success.
2: During the Soil Management Summit, John Olson of Madison, Minnesota, spoke about transitioning the farm from one generation to the next. Olson is at the beginning of that process. We're
6: taking inventory of what we're going to, uh, um, what we need to do. You know, where do we want to be? Where does my wife want to be? Where do I want to be? Um, and then where does my son want to be? And uh, and then we have to take inventory of ourselves. You know, are we in financial uh, situation where we can, we can uh, do some transition, or or do we need to be thinking proactively ahead and in in looking at uh, uh, maybe five or th- or three or five or eight years down the road?
2: And Olson offered one piece of advice for anyone going through a farm transition.
6: Whatever you do, your son is never going to do it the same way you did, and you're going to have to understand that. You're going to have to, you know bite your lip once in a while and he's going to have to fail once in a while Uh, but he you know in the long run he will learn a a new way and it might be a better way.
1: Japan's Prime Minister is reorganizing his cabinet after it was reported the ruling Liberal Democratic Party hid 100 million dollar yen in political contributions over the past five years. Four cabinet members and 11 ministerial level positions are being replaced. That includes the Ag and Trade
2: Ministers. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning, welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. U.S. beef exports declined in October, but there are some bright spots. U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO, Dan Hallstrom.
3: Mexico on beef continues to be strong, really hitting on all cylinders, food service, retail, et cetera, in Mexico. 10% growth in Taiwan for October led by the chilled program business at retail. And Central America, uh, very similar to the pork side, Central America is on a real roll there as well. A very good month in October with growth of
2: 23%. Beef sales to Taiwan is up, but business is down in Japan, Korea, and China.
3: One other factor as it relates to Asia is the uh, strong U.S. dollar, especially in Japan. But there have been some steps taken by the Asian governments to uh, strengthen their currencies against the U.S. dollar. Of course, to the extent that some of these local currencies strengthen, that, of course, makes our products more
1: competitive. During last week's Soil Management Summit in Alexandria, Precision Planting Regional Manager Brent Horner highlighted a row-by-row monitoring system for granular operations. The clarity system helps identify a blockage or even a partial blockage
3: or your typical system would only just say either I've got flow or no flow, we're truly going to say there's this much particles going through or it's going to give a magnitude value. Looking at that magnitude value, I'll be able to detect meter issues, blocks in the meter, maybe a chunk in one of my distribution hoses that's actually going to cause some flow flow problems. Really help me monitor that, find that early enough that I don't see it in next year's crop.
1: All of this information will be mapped so it can be viewed at a later time. The clarity system will be addressed at the Precision Planting Winter Conference next month
2: in Fargo and Aberdeen. USDA's weekly grain transportation report says US Class 1 railroads originated 21,000 grain carloads during the week ending November 25th, down 28% from the previous week, 12% less than last year. Average December shuttle secondary railcar bids and offers were at tariff, that's $44 less than the previous week, $665 less than a year ago. Four hundred and fifty-two grain barges moved downriver during the week ending December second. One hundred forty less than the previous week. The rate to ship a metric ton of grain from the Gulf Coast to Japan, sixty-two dollars seventy-five cents. That's a ten percent increase from the previous week. The rate from the P&W to Japan, thirty-two fifty a metric ton. That's also up ten percent from the previous week.
1: Checking markets this morning: Minneapolis wheat down two and three quarter cents for the March contract, seven twenty-six and three quarters. Chicago wheat for March down seven. And KC wheat same contract down eight and a half cents. March corn even money 485 and a half. July down a half penny. Soybeans are stronger. January 11 and a half higher at 1315 and a half. March a gain of 11 and three quarter cents. Plenty on the farm calendar this week. The Minnesota Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts, their meeting going on in Bloomington today, tomorrow, and on Wednesday. And the North Central Weed Science Society has uh, their annual meeting going on. That's in Minneapolis. That will be today through Wednesday as well. The North Dakota State Board of Agricultural Research and Education, ESPAIR, they're seeking public input. They have sessions tomorrow and Wednesday in Fargo. This is the Red River Farm Network.